with these smaller masses, you need to be really on target with your responses to the mass. Now we are checking you out how much on your toes you are with your responses, because there's not many people to cover for us. So we need to be there on our toes. We are in the book of Exodus at this incredible moment when Moses, this great leader who has brought all the people of Israel out of Egypt, after 400 years of slavery, they come to Mount Sinai. And there's this sense in the community that God will do something amazing, something incredible, something new that he hasn't done before. And he has promised something to Moses that he doesn't know how it looks like yet. But God said that he would show his face to him and to the people and that he would share with them his law, that he would inscribe it on, on tablets so that they could abide and live by his statutes and be his people. And it is in this moment when Moses is summoned up the mountain, when commanded by the Lord, Moses draws a line all along the foot of the mountain and he tells the people, make sure that you do not cross the line. And he separated the sacred space where God was going to reveal from that profane space where people were, uh, were to wait for that revelation. He was up there for 40 days and received this incredible revelation from God. The Exodus says that even Moses was able to speak with God as with a friend. That closeness as Adam had before him. And when he comes down, he finds that the people of Israel have gone astray. And far from staying on watch and waiting for the Lord to come and reveal himself to them, they have built a golden calf and they're worshiping idols. And so Moses come, comes back in anger. And there's a second moment there with the community where he stands at the entrance of the camp and he draws another line on the sand. And he says, those who are willing to stand for the Lord and with the Lord come across the line. And it is that tribe of the Levites that they cross the line and they stand with Moses. And we know that Moses is a figure, a foreshadowing of Jesus. Jesus, when he came in his public ministry, he also came to draw lines. And we see him so many times drawing a line. So much that at one moment he even said, peace. No, rather I have come to bring division. From now on, two will be against three in a household and three against two. He says, I have come to draw a line so that things will be clearer, so that we may be able to see where everyone stands. Like Moses did many centuries before him, he comes and brings that to fulfillment. This is what we call the kingship of Christ. He came as king of the world to die for us, for our sins, to pay for what we, you know, for the price of our salvation. But at the same time, we say that he came as a judge. He came to draw a line 
to separate the sheep from the goat, as we read in the gospel today. What we just read is what we call the final judgment. Jesus revealed to us that there will be at the end of time a final judgment. When that line is made clear, and some are on the right and some are on the left. So we can ask ourselves today in this feast of Christ the King, what is the good news of the final judgment? What's good about this you know, whole judging ministry of Jesus? How can we pull a good news for us? I think there's many. One of them that we won't go into today is that the reality that there's a final judgment really brings context and purpose to everything that we do. To know that we are being judged, that we are being looked upon, that we are being affirmed and some things that we do condemned, but that things truly matter, that life is a drama, that there's something at stake, that it's not the same whatever we do. That is a good news, I think. We won't go into that. We can you know, speak all night about that. But I think there's a second good news. And the second good news is that Jesus took that final judgment that we talk about and he anticipated that judgment for us. He becomes the line. He is the line that is not drawn on the ground anymore like Moses. But he's the line that is drawn in the hearts of people. And that's, that's why he said, I came to bring division. Not because he comes to divide people, but because he comes to separate, to show things as they truly are. The evil one always wants to confuse, to make everything the same, to mix everything in the same bag. The Lord comes to show things as they really are. His word is like a two-edged sword that pierces the thoughts of men so that they may become clear as water. He comes to bring to the surface to show where everyone stands so that we may decide on what side of the line am I standing. Do I want to stand here on the right? Do I want to stand on the left? But at least we know more clearly where is the line. So Jesus has become that line. And I think that is a good news. Because it is a judgment that brings light to our lives. Christ the King is the judgment himself. And that brings a new light into our lives. And I think it brings a new light into two main things. First of all, it puts our own lives under a new light, a new discernment, a new judgment. We are not good judges of ourselves. If we would judge ourselves, some people might always think that they're doing really great. And some people might think that they're never enough, that they're never doing enough. Or some people, maybe like most of us, would feel di differently at different times according to our emotions and what's going on in our lives. That everything's all right and the next moment, you know, I am never enough. 
So Christ is the right judgment. As he comes into our lives, as we accept him as the king of our lives, he brings our own lives under a new light so that we may be able to judge our lives rightly. There's a beautiful psalm, number 42, that I invite you to pray with after the Mass even. It says, Judicame Deus et discernem causam meam, in Latin, which you all know what it means, right? Judge me, O Lord, and discern my cause, or my case. Judge me, O Lord, and discern my case. That's the only prayer that we can really pray if we are going to ask anybody to judge us. We don't say, like, judge me, or, 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 or to ourselves, like, judge me. But we say to the Lord, judge me, O Lord, and you, I will let you discern my case. You are the judge of my life. And this is so liberating and so enlightening. A person, one of the students, just shared with me, you know, we had the men's retreat, the annual retreat, almost like three weeks ago. And so when we had spiritual direction a couple weeks later, he said, you know, Father, I think I am doing really well. The Lord has blessed me in these two weeks, and I have been, like, doing everything that I wanted to do. All my resolutions, I've been doing them. I've been so good at them. I feel really good. He said, like, that's awesome. Great. Good for you. And we kept on talking, and at the end of the spiritual direction, I gave him this book. So why don't you read the, the life of this saint? He read the book in two days. Two days later, he wrote me an email. Father, I know I told you that I was doing great in spiritual direction. I am not doing good at all. <laughs> I just read the life of this man and like everything around him. It's incredible. I thought I was doing so much. And now that I see the light of Christ through this person who became a saint, I'm able to see myself under a new perspective. So the, the Lord is the one who judges us rightly. He comes and he affirms things that we might not see. Look that to the ones on the right, he said, you know, you did this for me. And they say, when, when did we see you and, you know, minister to you in these ways? And the Lord says, you didn't see it, but I saw it. You know, and he commends them for those things that they had done. So he comes to affirm so many things in our lives. But he also comes to challenge us in so many aspects in our lives and to show us that there's room for growth, that these affirmations are very true, but there's so much more to do. And that doesn't mean that my life is only judged according to the life of the saint in that book, and I need to become, you know, as great as that person. But the Lord is the only one who knows us rightly, and who knows how many talents he has given you. If he gave you one or two or five, and he knows what you are capable of, more than we know ourselves. So we know that his judgment will be a liberating one, and it will be a challenging one, because we might not even see our potential, and he sees it. And that's why he judges us sometimes strongly, so that we may jump forward and realize that we are made for more than what we have given so far. So in the first place, Christ, the King of the universe, becomes the one who draws a line in our hearts and brings our own lives 
under a new light. Many things that are affirmed that we didn't see before and many things that he challenged us to grow more. And in the second place, he draws a line in our hearts. He comes to judge our lives in relationship with others. See that the whole judgment of Christ is about their relationship with others. Because there were people in need around you. And you did see them or you did not see them. So the Lord, as he comes to reign more and more in our lives, he opens our, our eyes to people who were invisible to us before. I've told you many times when I converted, when I was 16, 17 years old in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and I, re I realized that I was blinded to so many poor people around me that I did not see before. I mean, I, I did see them, but I did not care for them. I didn't see them with my heart. I didn't realize, I knew that there were slums or, or, or people in the streets, but I didn't care. And all of a sudden, Christ came and he became the king of my life and he can still do more. And my eyes were opened. And I decided to start visiting them with a group of people who were doing it before me. To go and visit them and give them the same opportunities that I had had. And so to preach the gospel to them. And it was amazing. And my eyes were open. But then, two months into that, my mom, I remember she tapped me on the shoulder and she said, you know, Maximo, that's great that you're going on Saturdays to the slums. I really appreciate that, and that's really good. But you know, there's a slum in your room. You need to go and take care of it. Because that's not charity with your brother, you know, with everyone who lives in this house. <laughs> I was totally blinded to that. I thought I was doing great. I was doing all these great things outside. But I did not care about my brother who slept right next to me. And so the Lord opens our eyes to so many blind spots that we have in our lives, so many people that we don't see, whether they are far away, as I told you, with the poor in Buenos Aires, or really close to us. But we don't, what we don't see is not the person, but the need. What the need is, that need hasn't caught our attention yet. But the Lord sees that need. And so when he comes to be, to be the, the king of our lives, the ruler of our souls. Then he opens our eyes to all these things that we didn't see before. So the Lord wants to rule our lives. To anticipate that final judgment right now. And it could be challenging. And it could seem tough to be judged today. But the Lord, the merciful judge, is the same one who comes to live in us. He comes to live in us. And so those who live in Christ, they are almost beyond this judgment. Because these things start to happen almost spontaneously in your life. So my invitation today is that we may welcome Christ the King in our hearts. Knowing that he comes with his judging power. But his judging power is a good news in our lives. Because he wants to draw more out of us. And there's no better and more exciting way to live than to live like this. So let us renew today our commitment that that judgment may begin today. Let us welcome the judgment of God. Let us welcome Christ the King into our hearts.